0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit exceedlifechurch.org. Glory to God. Well, I'm still on the series God is for me. Amen. How many people believe that God is for you? Amen. Amen. And we got to believe that and I'm telling you, it's it, it's we got to get a revelation of that and God is for You know, this uh, for people on this planet, even though it may not look too good on this planet right now. The Bible says that, you know, in in the church, um, that the glory is going to be turned up. That it's going to get brighter in the church. But we know if you watch the news, if you look at it outside of the church, it looks bad out there. But praise God, we're not in the world we may be of the world, but we're not, of, we're not, we're maybe in the world, but we're not of the world. Amen. And in our, in our heavenly stances in heaven, glory to God. Amen. Yes, we do represent heaven down here on earth. Amen. We have dual ciz- citizenship. Glory to God. We're citizens here on this planet, but we're citizens in heaven. And we got to get a revelation of that. And so let's look at our, our foundational scripture that we've been looking at uh, in the series. And it's Psalms 124. And, you know, it's, it's talking about Israel. And, and they went through a lot of stuff. And, but but God was with them when they went through some of their stuff. And even in, in their judgment, God was still with them. Yes. I'm preaching today. Even when God judged them and allowed the Babylonians to take them in, God said, go there and and build houses. Yeah. And he was with them even in their captivity. And you might feel like you're in captivity today. You might be bound up by something today. Maybe something is trying to come against you today. I'm going to say this, that God can give you freedom in that bondage that the enemy is trying to put on you. I'm preaching today. And God can set you free of anything that's ailing you, amen? Anything that's trying to come against us or our families or the church. And so here in Psalms 124, it says here, 1-8, it it through eight, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, they, they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, and the streams had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. And in verse 6, it says, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Hallelujah. Amen. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of a fowler. Amen. Glory to God. The snare is broken. Somebody say the snare is broken. And we are escaped. We have escaped. We have escaped, as Peter would say, we can partake of the divine nature of God. And we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You have escaped that because now you're in Christ Jesus. Amen. And we have escaped that corruption. And now we can be partakers of that divine nature. Glory to God. And I love this that it says the snare is broken and we are escaped. Amen? Amen. And so I'm going to say this that that whatever is trying to come against us, it, it has no power to bring us down. Whatever is trying to come against you, it has no power. All it is is just a faith test. Amen. Amen. And you're going to make it through your faith tests. When Jesus was with his disciples and he was on the boat and he said, we're going to the other side. And you know what happened? He, he, he went ahead and fell asleep in the bow of the boat. And then as they were trying to move to the other side, a big storm came up to try to keep them from getting to their destination. And remember the disciples that were in fear and the enemy is going to try to do anything he can to keep us from getting to our destination, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? He's trying to keep us from getting into our promised land or staying in our promised land. And so, and so, what happened? The storm came up. It was a storm to res- to resist the plans and the purposes of God for them that day. See, the enemy is trying to create storms in our lives to keep us from fulfilling the purpose. Of God in our lives. Amen, amen. But you're going to fulfill your purpose. Yes, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're, you're fulfilling your purpose. Yes. Amen. And so they had a purpose to get to that island to set that madman of Kadera free. Amen. Yes. So they had a purpose to get to that one soul. And what happened? They were in fear. And the Bible says we should not fear. Why? Because God is with us. And what did they do? They woke up the master and said, Lord, do you care that we perish? Notice that they lost their faith in the storm. They thought that that Jesus did not care. But Jesus cared and Jesus spoke, peace, be still in the storm. And all you have to do when the storm comes in your life is wake up the word of God. Speak the word of God and expect the word to calm the the, the storms in your lives. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody says the snare, the snare is broken, and in Colossians two fifteen it says, "Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphant over them in it." So this this is talking about the snare is broken. That when Jesus went to the cross, he paid the full price. For mankind's sin, and he paid the price for our redemption, and he paid the price for our victory. Glory to God. And he, and he spoiled principalities and powers, and he made a show of them openly. Glory to God. In other words, the devil has no power to bring you down. He doesn't have the way where... All oh, to bring you down because Jesus already stripped him of his power. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. So I'm going to say this. Poverty can't keep you down. Amen. Sickness can't keep you down. Amen. Broken relationships can't keep you down in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Why? Because God's the restorer. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that today? Amen. Let's, let me read the amplifies. It says when he had disarmed rulers and authorities those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphant procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. Amen. So so he is already a defeated foe. The problem is he doesn't know it yet. The devil's a defeated foe, but he doesn't know he's defeated. And we have to enforce his defeat. Glory to God. By standing in the word of God. Amen. Verse 8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who has made heaven and earth. Psalms 118, 4 and 7 says this way, that those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. In the series, I talked about whatever the enemy is trying to do to you to bring you down. Or to do whatever he can to strip you of, of the blessings of God. Whatever he's trying to do, God's going to turn it around and give you more. Amen. He's going to bring you double for your trouble. And you got to get a revelation of that. That God is in the process of enlarging us. He's in the process of enlarging what, what he wants to do in our lives. I like what it says in Psalms 115.15. May you be blessed by the Lord Um, in heaven and on earth, glory to God. I like that, but but there is another scripture that says that that may he increase you more and more and more. Amen. And God wants to increase us more and more and more. And so I'm going to talk to you about God is for us, but also God is against what's against us. God is against what is against us. In Zechariah 2.8, it says, for, for thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunger you, for who touches, uh, who touches you touches the apple of his eye. So this is how much God cares about us. He says, whoever touches us touches the apple of his eye. What does that mean? Well, that, that, that's the pupil of your eye. In other words, if, if, you're, if somebody's trying to poke poke at you, they're poking at God. If somebody's trying to come against you, they're coming against God. They're coming against the apple. Say, I'm the apple of God's eye. Amen. So we need to be very careful that we're following. Amen. That, that, that we're following the will of God in our lives to make sure that we don't open the door for the enemy to come against our lives. Amen. God is for us. And he's, he, but he's not for everything that we do, so we got to make sure that we're doing the right things in God. Look at your neighbor and say, do the, right do the right things in God. Now, some things can seem right, but it may still be wrong. In our walk with God, I'm talking about that God is for us, but, but God's not always for everything that we do. I remember hearing a story about Joyce Meyer when, when she was going into full-time ministry and I remember that she said that she, she's never been fired from a job. And so, so she, she decided to get a part-time job to, to bring in more finances. And, and, but God told her to quit her full-time job because, and to trust Him. But she just wanted to, you know, do part of that. She, she quit her full-time job. And she took that part-time job and she, she revealed in one of her teachings that she got fired from her part-time job. She never got fired before in her life. What am I saying? We can do things sometimes on our own accord, and it may look good. It may look right. But if, God, if God's not in it, there's going to be no grace to maintain it. If God's not in what you're doing, you're not going to see the grace on it. So what happened? She, for the first time in her life, she got fired. You guys probably remember my story many years ago when I went to Rhema. Uh, I, was, I, I just took a bunch of clothes in my car. I didn't, ha- I didn't have like a moving van to move furniture or anything like that. All I had was my clothes and my car. And I got into an apartment over uh, in Tulsa uh, waiting to go to Bible school. And I had nothing in that apartment. There was no furniture. There was nothing in that apartment. I didn't even have any pots or pans to cook with. And so I just thought, man, you know what I can do? I was already, you know, I, I'm pretty good at, at spending money on credit cards. Anybody good at that? Anybody good at spending money on credit cards? And so I was good at, I was an expert at spending money on credit cards. I mean, I was really good at it. And, uh, and I was so good at it, I had a lot of debt on credit cards. Anybody been there? And, uh, and so, but I thought, you know, well, I got more room on my credit cards so I can go with Master Charge, Mastercard, Amen, instead of Master Jesus. And I said I can go to I can go to Walmart and I can buy all you know pots and pans. I need some lamps because I don't even have light in there really at night, you know. And so I got some pots and pans and and I think I got some lamps. And uh, and I remember when I was when I was in Walmart, I felt like I was I was doing something wrong. I felt like that God didn't want me to be buying this stuff. And as I'm walking, I'm like, I don't even feel good about it. you know, you know, I don't know. Anybody like to shop in here? Don't you feel good when you're shopping? And if you're not feeling good when you're shopping, then there's something wrong. And I and I put all this and I and I, you know, you can override the spirit of the Lord. You can override because you 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 your own thinking and your own will, you can override. And so what I did was I, I bought all this stuff, put it on MasterCard, came home, and I felt like that I sinned. I felt like that I disappointed God. And so what I did, was I said, Lord, you want me to take all this stuff back? And so I went back to the store, you know, and I, and I returned all that stuff. And I remember that person said to me, Are you, did you get in a fight with your wife? You know, I wasn't married at the time. I'm wondering why I brought all this stuff back. And I said, no, the Lord told me. No, I didn't say that. But, uh, but then within, within a matter of three weeks, God moved on people's hearts to give me everything in that apartment. And I didn't ask anybody for one red cent. They would come to me. I heard you just moved in. I'm moving out of the area. Do you need this? Do you need this bedroom suite? And I said, sure, you know. Uh, I'm moving out of the area, and we can't take all this stuff. Do you need some kitchen appliances? This was different people. This wasn't all the same. And God filled my apartment up. Can God God do it? God can move supernaturally. And what God wanted to reveal to me is that, that I don't have to depend on myself or on MasterCard. You can depend on God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so I'm telling you, I, 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 that was amazing. And, and I didn't try to manipulate the blessing. I didn't try to tell people I needed stuff. No, God moved on people's hearts and they gave me stuff. Is that amazing? And, and everything that came in, even, even the sofa that somebody was, was throwing out the third day, they were throwing out a sofa, a high-to-bed sofa. And I remember on the third day, I said, That's my sofa. That was the first piece of furniture I got. Somebody was throwing it out. And then I went and knocked on a door. I said, Were you getting ready? Oh, yeah, we're getting ready. You want this? I said, sure, I'll take that. It was a big, heavy, high-to-bed sofa. They were moving another sofa in. And, and, and the people downstairs said, um, they looked at me and said, you want some help in carrying that up? Because I was like on the third floor. And they actually helped me carry that sofa up on the third floor. Can you believe that? Amen. God is amazing. God can do it. So, so when you're walking in God and you're listening to God, God wants to do the miraculous in your life. But a lot of times we don't really listen to God. We try to do things in our own power or in our own might to get things done. But I'm going to say this. A lot of times what we lack is patience. I'm preaching today. We, we, don't, we don't want to wait on the Lord. We don't want to wait on God. We we want to get it. If God doesn't answer our prayer in three minutes, we're going out and doing something. We're getting it done. But God wants us to wait on Him. Remember Abraham and Sarah. Remember they decided to have a baby, and they decided to have it with Hagar. Remember that 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 they went ahead and they, you know Sarah came up with an idea. You know you, we can have the baby through Hagar. Do you know that wasn't God's perfect will and plan for their lives? But, you know, God didn't say anything to them. God didn't control them. And God did bless them as far as he could through, through Ishmael and all that. But finally the day came when, 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 when God gave them Isaac. Remember the promised child? And the problem was, then there was a problem because there was competition between Isaac and, Hag- and uh, Ishmael. And finally, you know, Sarah says, we gotta, we got to get rid of Ishmael because he's going to hurt Isaac. He, she was getting nervous about it. And remember God uh, and, and, and Sarah said to, to uh, Abraham that we need to banish them from the tribe. And, so, and then Abraham didn't want to do that. But, 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 but when we make wrong decisions, it can cause hurt and pain in our lives. And it caused pain with Abraham. So I'm going to say this. Keep walking with God. So the world is against God. The world system is against God. Uh, People that are in different religions are against God. Let's look at Psalms 2, 1 and 5. It says, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. This is the way the world feels, you know, they don't want God to be over them. Then, says, then, then, then it says here, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall, break, he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in their deep displeasure. So we see this, that, that, that the world system is against God. And the world is trying to come against God in different ways. But God, God is laughing because God, because whatever they do, they can't thwart the plans and the purposes of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, And so a lot of times, even when we're laughing, even today under the anointing, we're laughing because God is laughing because the enemy cannot destroy our lives, no matter what he's trying to do in this world. Amen. Through the pandemic, they, try, they shut down the churches. They're trying to keep the churches from, from opening up. Amen? I, I'm telling you, when, when people get sick, you need the church. Amen. You need the church praying for you. You need the church uh, 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 interceding for you. You need the church. And they, and they closed down the churches. And, they, and a lot of churches still are not open even today because of the pandemic. But thank God we are. Amen. Why? Because because we are people of faith and we keep walking in faith. Amen. So we got to get a revelation of that. We need to be careful that in our walk with Christ that we're not getting negative in our talk against the Lord or against people. In Malachi uh, 3.13, it was that Malachi was dealing with people that were backslidden in their walk. The priest and the people. And I know that's not talking about this church because you guys are fired up for the Lord. Amen. But in Malachi 3.13, it says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? And then they said in Malachi 14, it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we kept his ordinances and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So we got to be very careful that we don't get an attitude like that we got to be very careful that we don't get agitated when we don't see answered prayer immediately. Because disappointment, I'm preaching today, will open the door of us complaining about the circumstances and the situations in our life. What is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to set up a disappointment when you're praying and believing God for a supernatural breakthrough miracle, you know, to come about. And you don't actually see that miracle Sometimes that will cause you to complain, gripe, moan, and groan. Amen. Am i talking to the right people today. And so we got to make sure that, that we're speaking the right things so we can stay with God. The, the title of the, my sermon is God is for me, but we also have to be for God. And just remember this, that God's always right. If something's not happening in our lives the way we think it should, it's not God's fault. In other words, God's always right. He's righteous. He's perfect. And God always has the, the best plan for you. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? No matter what you're dealing with. Amen. So, so we need to understand that. Remember, remember Lot's wife? We need to be very careful that we're not moving into getting closer, back closer to the world in our walk with Christ. And remember Lot's wife that that Jesus actually said it in Luke 17. Remembers Lot's wife's, wife who seek to save. And he, then, he, then Jesus says, who, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. What is that saying? Jesus is saying, don't try to keep your life, but you got to give your life away. Amen. Don't try to, try, try to keep your life in this world, but you got to let it go. Uh, so you can walk in the heavenly blessing that God has. So remember Lot's wife, you, let me just give you the back story. Uh, uh, two angels, and we believe it was two angels and the Lord came, uh, the incarnate Lord, to Abraham uh, in Genesis. And uh, they came for two purposes. One, they came to tell Abraham that he was going to have a, the promised child, Isaac, a year down the road. So they came to do that, but also the Lord, they also came to check out Sodom and Gomorrah to find out if the sin that they were doing was true. And so they were coming to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord said, you know, since I have a covenant with Abraham, I need to reveal to him, you know, what I'm going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, the judgment that I'm going to be placing on them. And that's, that's amazing, the, the relationship God wants that type of relationship with us. He wants to reveal if there's areas, in, even in our family's life, where judgment's going to come, that we can pray for our families, that we can avoid judgment. And Abraham started bartering with God and said, God, listen, per, you know, what if there's 50 righteous people? Uh, would, you, would, would, would a just God destroy the city for 50 right, righteous people? And God said, for 50 righteous people, I won't destroy it. And then Abraham was a, was a barter type guy. And he was bartering, you know, trying to get it down. He said, what about if it was five less? Would a righteous, holy God destroy a city or two, for 45 people? And the Lord said, no, I won't do it for 45. And then Abraham worked it down to 40. And then he worked it down to 30. Then he worked it down to 10. And he said, would you even destroy it for 10? And, you know, and, and the Lord said, I won't even destroy it for 10. And Abraham stopped. Abraham should have just went down to one because there was only one righteous person. Lot. Lot was the only righteous, righteous person. And maybe his family. And so, and so, but he didn't go with one. Because that's how merciful God is. God is a God of mercy, glory to God. But we have to walk in his ways and obey his ways. Glory to God. And so what, what happened was that the two angels uh, uh, went to Lot's house. And, and, of course, all this mayhem started happening. The, the men, you know, they, it was Sodom and they were into homosexuality and they wanted to have relations with the angels. And they were trying to do some serious stuff. And, uh, and the angels struck them blind the people that were trying to knock down Lot's door, because Lot uh, encountered the angels, invited him into his house for him to stay in the, his house for the night. And, 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 but the people were, were, were just uh, evil people. And they tried to break down the door because they wanted to have relations with the angels. I guess the angels looked really good-looking men. And, um, and so, and so but, but God, but the angels said to, to Abraham, you must leave this place, and we, you must leave this place because, because God's judgment is on this place. And the angel actually, you know, they try to you know, convince their son-in-laws that, 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 you know, that we're going to marry their, their, uh, his two daughters to come. And they thought he was joking. But the angels pulled them out and, and caused them to, to leave Sodom. Glory to God. And one of the angels said, we can't do anything until you leave. We can't do anything until you leave. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a powerful, the, the angels could not destroy the city until they left. I'm going to say this, God's not going to, God, listen, listen, Jesus is coming back. And you know, the, the, the tribulation is coming. But the tribulation is not going to come until we leave. Oh, I'm, oh, man, I'm preaching today. In other words, mayhem, destruction is coming to this planet. The, the wrath of God is coming to all ungodliness, but it's not going to come until we're out. Yes. Amen. That's a revelation right there. That's the same thing when, when, uh, when, when the angel said to Abraham, we cannot do anything until you're out of the city. Oh, Lot, excuse me, thank you. When Abraham said to Lot, thank you. And, uh, and uh, what am I What am I saying? I, I, I'm saying that that God, as long as you're praying for your family, the enemy can't do anything to your family. Your family might get under attack at times. The enemy may be working against your family in different ways, but as long as you keep sta- stand strong yes, yes, for your family, the enemy can't get to them. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so I'm so I'm telling you, they fled, and uh, and 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 members. Uh, 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 Lot's wife, uh, she, uh, the angel said, do not look back, do not look back, uh, keep moving forward. And you know, and Lot's wife looked back and what happened? She turned into a pillar of salt. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying today? What is that saying? Well, some scholars say that she looked back with a longing heart. In other words, she allowed the world to get into her. And she was longing back to the world system. And we got to be very careful that we don't long back. Maybe we are encountering some trials as Christians in this life, but we don't want to get offended with God and say, I'm throwing up my hands. I'm not going to serve God anymore. I mean, uh, you know, know, Job's wife tried to tell Job to, to, to curse God and die when Job was in his plight. But thank God Job didn't listen to her. And and I'm telling you, if you curse God, God, then all you can do is die. Amen. But we don't want to be in that camp. And we don't want to be looking back. Jesus said in Luke 9, 9, 6, 6, 2. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and look back is fit for the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying once we put our hand to the plow... I'm talking about being in God's will. I'm talking about being for God that we don't want to look back, but we want to keep pressing in to the things of God. Are you hear what I'm, I'm saying to you today? You know, God is amazing. We need to be careful that we're not coming against God's leaders. We're not coming against God's people in general. we we got to make sure that we're not coming against people in general because that will open the door for the work of the enemy. In Psalms 105.15, uh, this is a powerful uh, I believe is a warning. It says, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. That is a warning. We don't want to touch God's anointed ones and we don't want to do His prophets no harm. And I'm going to say this to you this morning. You are anointed. Amen. You are the anointed of the Lord. Amen. Each one of you are anointed of God and nobody wants to touch no, nobody should be touching the anointed of God. And I'm telling you, if they do, then, and they don't repent, then, then judgment will come on them. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying today? That's why we pray for those who do us wrong. Amen. Moses, there was a story about Moses uh, in Numbers 16, and Moses had some people come against him, Datham and Ibram, and, and they came and they, and they they said why should moses be the leader over us and moses tried to talk to them and tried to reason to them but they wouldn't listen and they and they were stirring up trouble for moses and they were trying to get they got 250 leaders to try to come against moses and moses you know was really called by god god spoke to moses face to face amen and, uh, and, and 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 these two people, Dathan and Abiram, and uh, they they didn't believe that Moses should be the leader. And then and then Moses said, "Listen, if if you if uh, if he says if you guys die a different way besides natural death, then this is saying that God has put me as the leader." And and here it says here in number sixteen twenty five, then Moses rose up and went to Dathan and Abiram and the elders of Israel to follow him. And he spoke to the congregation saying, depart now from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So, so, so here, Moses was saying, get away from the people that are speaking evil. Get away from the people that are doing the wrong things. Why? Because judgment will come. Get away from those type of people. Amen. Amen. Your, your, your ears aren't garbage cans. So you don't want to be around people that are speaking negative. Against the church or against people. In number sixteen, as soon as thirty-one to thirty-three, as soon as Moses finished speaking these words, the ground under them split open, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them all, their household, and the men that supported Korah with all their possessions. So that all that belonged to them went down alive to Sheol, and the earth closed up over them, and they perished from among the assembly. So we see here that that was great judgment. That was on these, and you say, well, that was Old Testament, Pastor. God's not opening the earth today. But God is still working miracles today, and we need to be very careful that we're just not looking at this as an Old Testament story. Amen? No, in the New Testament, in Acts, uh, Acts chapter 13, Paul encountered a person that was a, um, uh, his name was uh, Elamis. And he was a sorcerer who was coming against him. And what Paul said in Acts 16, 13, God, God actually said, you are an enemy of the cross. And he told this man that this guy was trying to do everything he can to keep Paul from preaching the gospel and trying to cause problems. And, and here, it says here, oh, uh, in Acts 13, 6, 11, Now then they had gone through the island of Patas, and they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was at the protocol of Sirius uh, an intelligent man. This man called that for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But, but Elamis, the sorcerer, whose name is translated, would sti- would with stu- would withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from, from the faith. Then Saul also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, And said, O fool of deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell upon him and went around him, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And the the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of Paul, or at the teaching of the Lord. So we see here... That, that, that God's blessing, his, his anointing, can work in, in, the, in the area of blessing, but it can also work in the negative too. His anointing can work in the negative, and this man was an unsaved man, and, and God really was merciful, He was merciful to this man because he only caused this man to be blind for a time. I believe that man got saved. God could have killed that man. But I believe that God had a calling and a plan for that man's life. Like he had a calling and a plan for Paul that was coming against the church. And remember when Paul was coming against the church, guess what happened to him? He got blinded by the light. He was blinded for three days. And so this mist right here was really God's mercy. Uh, Why? To, To reveal that guy that was coming against the, the preaching of Paul, the, the gospel, to keep him blind. Why? Because I believe he had a calling too. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So no matter what the judgment comes, God's blessing can be even in the ju- Oh, I'm preaching today. Even in the judgments of God, God's blessings can be in, 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 in the judgments of God. Amen. So we need to stay, we need to stay clear of people in Revelation that, that's coming against the Lord or or the people of God. In Revelation 18, 4, it says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you shall share in her sins, lest you shall receive her plagues. So here we gotta make sure that, see, we need to make sure that, see, this is what God's been showing us through this series is that God called Abraham out of his family into something else. And God is constantly calling us out of something. Into something greater. Amen. And he's always trying to get us to say listen. Are you willing to let go of this. To embrace something greater. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today. And we got. And it's a process. Of letting go of this world system. Somebody say process. process. But we need to get to the point where the world has nothing on us. In other words, Paul said it this way, I am crucified to the world, and the world is crucified to me. Amen. In 2 Corinthians six fourteen and 16, it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness, Amen. And what accord of Christ and Belial, and what part of a believer with an unbeliever, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Does that sound like that God is with us? What is God saying is, he's saying separate yourself from this world's system. Now you may say, well, I don't have any worldly friends. Yeah, but do you have ungodly TV shows that you watch? Oh. Yes. Do you have Do you have books that you're reading that aren't really too good to to be reading? Oh. Why? You're associating with the world. Are you going, you know, some people think because they've been, you know, maybe, uh, Uh, delivered from alcoholism, that they can go back in the bars and get other people free. No, you don't even want to touch that. You know, you got to be far, you got to stay far away from your weaknesses. Because the enemy is going to try to pull you back in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I preaching today? Amen. I love this in Second Corinthians. Continue, therefore, come out from among them and, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. I will receive you, and I'll be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord of Almighty. If we so, we see this that again, he, he, uh, Paul is exhorting us to be separated. So why? So we can get a revelation that God is our father. You are in a new family. You are part of a new community. You've got to believe that today. And I'm telling you, this, this is a little bit like heaven. Church is a little bit like heaven. When we get to heaven, it's going to be a family reunion. Glory to God. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And how, how do we get back to God? Well, well, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one When the church was making light of communion, and they were doing some wrong things to each other, and people were dying early in the church, Paul says that in 1 Corinthians, if we would judge ourselves, we will not be judged. So Paul is saying that we need to constantly be examining ourselves. We know that God is with us, but are we with God? And we've got to be always constantly examining ourselves to make sure that we're in the faith. Are you in the faith? And I love that in John One 1.9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we know when we talked about Job in this series, and Job, was, and Job actually prophesied, said, Lord, can you raise up a man that could stand in the gap for people? This is Job. He was talking many years before, uh, thousands of years before Jesus came. But there is a man that stands in the gap. There is a man that stands in the gap for our sins. That man is Jesus Christ. He's the mediator of better promises. And it says in 1 John 2 and 1, it says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is a propitiation for our sins and not ours only, but to the whole world. What what is he saying here? He's saying that, that Jesus paid the price and Jesus has a ministry in heaven. He's our great intercessor he, he's, he's interceding for us, and He's praying that we our faith will not fail. And He's praying when we miss it, glory to God. And, he, and whenever we miss it, and even when we're un, unintentionally missing it, the mark, unintentionally sinning, Jesus is calling to the Father and presenting His blood to the Father on our behalf. And the blood of Jesus washes and cleanses us from some, from all Unrighteousness. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And I'm going to say this to you today. The blood is working on our behalf. Why? Because, because the blood is still speaking on our behalf. And Jesus is for us in heaven. Pleading the blood. Revealing to the Father that he paid the price. So that we can walk in total freedom. Of sin. Sickness. Spiritual darkness. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And my final verse is that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. We may have been in some of those camps where we may have been doing things that weren't right. But as long as we go to God, we continually confess our sins before him. The blood is working, and we have an advocate in heaven that that is advocating for our success, for our victory. Do you believe it today? You receive it today? Glory to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies today. I thank you, Father God, that you are for us, that Jesus, you're interceding for us. And perhaps you're here in the audience this morning, or perhaps you're watching online. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart today. Asking if he can come in to sup with you. To have a relationship with you. And you can have that relationship with Almighty God. You can have it through Jesus Christ. And if you're ready to have that relationship, just confess this prayer after me. And mean it in your heart. Say, Dear God, God, I I believe Jesus You died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.